Thank you, Jesus. In the good times, praise his name. In the bad times, praise his name. Tonight is a good time because we're together with you. We're able to stand shoulder to shoulder, standing our ground. Hallelujah, Father. We're in the presence of the Lord. We're in the presence of believers. We're going to hear your word tonight. The Holy Ghost is here. Healing is here. Deliverance is here. Salvation is here. The mind of Christ is here. We have love to share. We have oil to share. We have wine to share. It's good to be in your house, Lord, about the Father's business. From the youngest to the oldest, from a little baby and child up to the elders. May there come a breath of healing throughout this service. This time of the year, Satan wants to attack us. But we're standing our ground tonight. We're waving our flag of victory. We are victorious, sons and daughters of God. Go out over the internet and those that could not be with us. Minister to the sheep. Give them food, Lord. Thus saith the Lord in due season. We wait upon you patiently. We're not looking to one another. We're looking to you. Break the bread of life and multiply it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Shake hands again with somebody next to you and say, God bless you. God touch you. Thank you. Amen. Psalms chapter 62, verse 5. Amen. Rub off a little bit of that healing to your neighbor. Amen. Say, what if they're sick or what if they're whatever? Well, maybe you're healed. You can touch them and they'll walk out of this service better than right now. I need to. (laughs) Some of you do too. Amen. God bless you. Well, brother Vernon and his sister, his wife is back here. Sister Irene. Nice to see you, sister Irene. We just really enjoyed the weekend and. I was speaking to some of the brothers yesterday. I don't know how you follow that up, how you speak after that, but I I, I just think the Lord keeps dishing it out. Amen. 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 Psalm 62, we'll read here and then in Isaiah 66, Brother Jonathan's going to help me with my voice tonight. Amen. Isaiah 62, Brother Branham read the first eight verses of this chapter in Shalom. January 1964. We're just going to read one verse. Isaiah 62 verse 5. A Psalm of David. The Bible says, My soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from Him. I know you've heard from this verse before, but let's read it out loud together. My soul... Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2, the last chapter of Isaiah. Amen. I hope that this year is the last chapter for the believers to live on this earth like this. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Turn to the last book and the last chapter of your life and not here before the rapture. I think that'd be good. <clears throat> Sorry, the first few minutes I might be cleaning out the, the Isaiah 66 verse 1 and 2. I like the first four words of this chapter. Thus saith the Lord. 
The heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? This is another New Year's message tonight from our hearts to yours. It's a good question. Where is the house that we're building him? Where is the place of my rest? Where is the place of his rest? For all those things hath mine hand made and all those things hath been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look. And this was the main part of this verse. But to this man will I look. Even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Then I want to be that type of person this year. 2019, our expectation is of the Lord. But now to this person will he look. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. Brother Branham preached at least 15 times in the message a title of expectation or expectations. He spoke that 15 times. Expectations. What do we expect or what do you expect? I'd like to turn that around tonight and and ask the question, what is he expecting? And I'd like to speak on God's expectations Are coming to pass. I want to speak it positively. As we spoke a couple weeks ago. On God is constant. And so are his people. Tonight as we start out the new year. God's expectations are coming to pass. Everything God expected. To come to pass. Is coming to pass. And it will continue. To come to pass. I just love the services over the weekend. Again, I wanted to mention Friday night, Brother Vernon spoke on the Lord's anointing and its purpose. I desire to have that anointing and I desire to fulfill God's purpose. I was listening to the message, look, 1963, just April after the seals. And Brother Branham asked that question, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? And he said, find your purpose. That God brought you here in life. Find your purpose. That God brought you here in life. So tonight it's not just us doing what we want to do. It is God doing what he wants to do. What is God's purpose? Can we turn that around tonight and say what are your expectations? I don't want to just be looking through my glasses. I want him to be able to look through my life, look through your life, and manifest his expectations. I appreciate that a Lord's anointing and its purpose. And Sunday morning, what a masterpiece on hope. We had this already on our hearts to speak on expectation. That's the first word of the definition of expectation is our hope. What is your hope for the new year? David said in Psalms, our opening scripture, my soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. Our hope is of God. Amen. And hope in the light of our destiny. That is so good. I just thought it was so powerful. And Sunday night, that encouragement to stand your ground. Some of you had to do that this week, didn't you? You're doing that tonight. (laughs) 
We're here to let the devil know whose side we're on. Our expectation is of the Lord. I'm expecting this year for there to be greater healings among us. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting miracles to take place. Do you mind me speaking some of these things? Maybe lodging them down into your heart as we speak on our expectation is from Him. Then it's good to stir up one another. Maybe refocus a little bit. Maybe examine ourselves as we start out in this time as Brother Branham was reading in Shalom. But then back to Isaiah 66 when Isaiah said all these things talking about the heavens and the earth and he's making the earth his footstool and heaven is his throne. We could talk about the stars tonight. We could talk about a lot of things. But but the Bible says all these things has my hands made and all these things saith the Lord. But to this man will I look. God's attention is being turned to someone. God is looking on someone. Some older person, some young person, some little child who maybe don't even have the faith. But because of the faith of the atmosphere around them, their expectations is for deliverance. (laughs) Hallelujah. It might even be a person. I was thinking of this today. That might not even be living right. But they're in the right atmosphere. And the expectation of God is for that individual to manifest something of eternal value. Then everything else that's going on in their finances, politics and school, or even in their family. It could be even in their own spirit and in their mind. Do you know Brother Branham said that a person that that is an elect seed of God, Satan cannot take over their life? He might even take over their mind and their spirit, but he cannot take their soul. There will be a time that that expectation comes to pass. Excuse me. There's a lot of looking going on today. People are looking to a lot of things. But when we look in Isaiah, God was saying, this man will I look. Wouldn't you like the eyes of God to look on you tonight? As the man in Luke had a little boy, his only child. And this little boy was frothing at the mouth and foaming and tearing himself. And he had a word to Jesus. He said, look on him. Look on my son. And the only one that could deliver him looked on his son. And delivered him. I would want that kind of looking. I would want that kind of expecting of. I had needs to go by Samaria. There's someone that's not living right. But I have needs. I have an expectation. To go by her way. And wake her up. Hallelujah. I want to say this again. Our title. God's expectations are coming to pass. So tonight, what are you expecting? Because we get what we expect. We're way down the road in 2019. We're not infants and the bride is not in uh, just the birthing stages. As she's actually gone and carried children and actually, uh, we've spoke on this before, she's in the change of life. And there's many things that go on in a person, man or woman, in the change of life. But God has certain expectations. 
And we want to anchor down into some of those things. God has planned a rapture. And you're part of it. And nothing is going to shake you from making it in God's rapture. Expectations. You talk about our hope is in the Lord. And we're looking to Him for our strength. We're looking to Him for our healing. But God is looking also. He has expectations. He has a hope. Let's get this out of the me age and the, and the me and, the, and just the you. Get it on God's needs. That's what an expectation is. It's what a person is anticipating. What are you anticipating to happen? What do you feel is going to happen? We're finite. He's infinite. So God is anticipating his will to happen. So he launches out a soul. He launches out a man and a woman and and as a little child and they come forth and come from the Philippines, come to Africa, come down through maybe Asia, down through Europe or North America, South America. But God is looking and anticipating for the lights to come on. That seed will love him. They will love his appearing. They will just love to be around him. They look to him. But he looks to be with them. Are they praying again? I want to answer their prayers. What's on your hearts tonight? What are you looking for to happen in your life? Let me just wake you up a little bit. That might not be you at all. It might be God in you. He's anticipating. He is believing something will happen. I'll tell you this. We might believe that something's going to happen. But if God believes something's going to happen, he'll bankrupt heaven. I said he'll bankrupt heaven. He'll strip gold off the pavement. He'll build rubies off the walls. Whatever it takes. I tell you, the believer's expectation is not in money this year. Is that true? Some of you might have heard the richest man in the, in the world. Owns Amazon and runs Amazon. But in the last several weeks, him and his wife filed for divorce. I tell you what, the believer's expectation is not in money. Having a $136 billion value is not bring you peace. It will not bring you joy. And even his wife, that's going to get half of it. Take 66 billion. It won't make her happy. A cottage by the lake, a mansion by the river. You can go by his home down there by Lake Washington, Bill Gates and all the rest of them. But without Jesus, I said without Jesus, our expectation is of the Lord. Hallelujah. So when we talk about expectations, God's expectations, Coming to pass. It has to do with a, a grounds for hope or things that are expected and hoped for. I'm looking for an outcome. I'm waiting on something. I am expecting something to happen. I am eagerly waiting. I am lingering at this moment. I'm just lingering for the Holy Spirit to strike. You say, I'm under expectation for that sister to have a move of God. I'm I'm believing that teenager that this year 
is going to be a year that God gives that person a greater love for him. I just believe that. And I believe it's not going to be a lot of dead weight you're carrying, but actually they're going to carry you. So be careful how you invest into your children, because one day you may need them to carry you, to help you. Amen. As we expect this year, it also means, I think this is good for us as an assembly. It means to bind together and collect yourself together. Collect yourself. Let's bind together. Let's go forward in Jesus' name. Now tonight we're speaking spiritually. I hope you get the expectations. That it's not just natural things as we look out over 2019, financial things or even physical things. We could talk a lot about, you know, losing weight or eating better food. We could talk a lot about, as we did a couple weeks ago, that there's New Year's resolutions that people have. And do you know tonight is January the, the, the 23rd, that most of them have already failed. 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February the 1st. And science will tell you January 12th is a trigger date. January 17th is another trigger date. We're almost February 1st. 80%, isn't this a positive message? Of their expectations already end by February. You know what it is? They go right back to where it was and worse. So there has to be expectations that believers have that's greater than all of that. And most of us could lose some weight this year. So keep going on. Amen. We could eat better. We could make better financial decisions. We could improve our, our lives by laying aside even habits that people without the Holy Ghost... Quit smoking. People without the Holy Ghost realize that alcohol is destroying their families. Drugs is destroying their marriage. I'm not speaking about that. We're speaking about expectations that God has for you. Spiritual things. That goes into the natural things. It goes into things of our lives as we have expectations Maybe to do more exciting things this year, travel, or to spend more time with family and friends. And all these things are good. Do good deeds for people. Those things are good. But God has expectations. God is earnestly, eagerly looking to us. Our desires are, are wrapped up in that. Our love of our life. What do you hunger for? What do you really thirst for? What are you looking at? Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. This is part of our homework Brother Tom gave us a few weeks ago. How you doing in your crisis, the mystery of God revealed? You doing okay? I see some of you are finding the scriptures. Amen. Colossians 1 verse 16. We've been doing some moving around our family. But last night we were able to squeeze in another 30 minutes of this message with my wife. It's so good. So good, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. Just sit down in the busyness of life, but sit down together and hear the word of God. But Colossians 1, 16 and 17, Colossians 1, 16 says, For by him, speaking of Christ, were all things created that is are in heaven 
and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things. Can we say all things? Were created by him, comma, and for him. That includes you. I hope you came tonight to feed off the word. God made everything. It was created by him. We believe that. All all believers believe that. But the next part is you too. And for him. That means God is expecting you to serve his purpose. With joy. And he, verse 17, is before all things. And by him all things consist. Or we would say, have their being. So I want to come into that mind of Christ for this new year and say, you are before me, you're in me, and you're going to be after me. So Lord, I just surrender my life. If you've made a mess of your life, tonight's a good night to say, Lord, I give it back to you. By him, he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You say, I fell off the train. I got off the wagon. Well, get back on. Say, how long is that going to take? In about a second. We've heard those examples. We've read them at Louisiana camp before hundreds of young people. We read them in, in Belgium before hundreds of young people. Brother Branham saying, standing in the line. If there's sin in your life, step out of line. And we read the prayer. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Take this out of my life. I don't know why I'm going here, but somebody needs this. Then he said, step back into line. How long did that take? So step back in line. There's power in the blood tonight. But the last part of verse 16, all things, all things were created by him and for him. That means I was created for God. I'm, I'm under expectation for God to move greater. Where is God in that situation? Where is God in this prayer request? Where is God in my career? Where is God in the church? Sometimes we need to just start looking at it the way God is looking at it. Instead of looking through our glasses, we need to look through God's glasses. And instead of seeing three out there, we need to see one. Amen. Instead of saying there's five over here, don't you see this? And then God's looking right out of it and saying there's just one. What's your problem? Let's move. You know, no, no, there's this and there's that and there's this and there's that and there's this and there's that. No, no. Just, just look through his word and there's only one and it gives you strength to get up. Let's go. So in this message, Christ is the mystery. I'll just read this paragraph and move along. Brother Branham said, since we think this, since he has made the head of all things to us, the Colossians said so to us, he is the head of all things for us, which we are considered, we are considered all things. And for thy pleasure, I am created. Here's a prophet saying, we are considered all things. You just stop the tape right there and say, I am all things. 
I was created for God. I was made in his likeness for truth. Hallelujah. Have you ever been in a dark room? A dark room and all of a sudden somebody turns the light on. There's lights all over. Well, that's what spiritually the expectation of God does in a situation. It's all dark. It's all bad. You're saying it's gloomy. And God just comes in, opens the door, and turns on the light. And everything that's not of the light just scatters. And there you are rubbing your eyes and saying, oh, 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 my. And God just saying, come on, it's time to wake up. Let's look. Let's get out of here. Let's get up and move. I don't feel like it. Or, no, life is sometimes you got to work. If you're looking to be resolved, you've got to have the Holy Spirit in your heart moving you off the track. And when he says move, stop rolling over and going back to sleep and saying, I'm sick today. I'm tired today. Well, good servants just report for duty. And they just keep on serving. Amen. I I like this. He said, we are considered all things. You say, well, what about the sinner? Brother Branham said, he was made to be the judge of the sinner if he don't accept it. He was made the glory for the believer who does accept it. So there's the thing. All things was made by him and for him. Why don't you just say that for your own situation tonight? It's all for God's glory. So if God wants this to go down, he must have a plan about this. If God wants to promote and put someone else in that office, praise be to God. Uh, We'll push the brother or sister. We'll promote that too. But if God's wanting to abase or bring down, then we also want to be willing to humble ourselves. Do you remember our opening scripture? To this person will I look. To the person that's poor. To the person that has a contrite spirit. And they tremble at the word. They tremble at the atmosphere. I have a quote here later when Brother Branham said we need to go back to the beginning. He's talking about when God first dealt with your life. Or when you have others like we had Sunday. Who enjoyed the baptism on Sunday? Just... I heard even in the balcony, people are weeping and crying. Our dear sister being baptized. It brings a freshness back. But even for the older ones, it's good to have, go back to the beginning and have that freshness again. Let the Lord blow across the flute of your heart again so you can cry. So his expectations and his meditations just begins to flood your heart. Do you know Brother Vernon left Sunday, but he continued on Tuesday morning at the BCA devotion. And he spoke about Jesus being 12 years old in the temple about his father's business. He wasn't just always joking, laughing, you know, at everything, but he was about his father's business even at 12 years old. Then Brother Vernon took us to Uh, Joseph in Genesis, how he was 17 years old when he was being mocked of his brethren for having dreams. Even teenagers, they go through these things. He had expectations. Can you imagine being a teenager and being scoffed and mocked? 
but he had something in his heart. He had been moved by the God above, I would say. In the New Testament, we would say he was moved by the Holy Ghost. And he talked about how that God can even come into your dreams. That Joseph wasn't filled up with immorality and always filled up with today, we'd say social media and things. But God could deal with him through dreams and things. And he made another statement, Brother Vernon. I'm just going to move along after this. But he made this other uh, reference to Pharaoh back in Exodus and how he was willing to let the church go forward without their young people. The Bible says they're little ones. He was willing to compromise and say, all you older ones that's had your experience and you're down the road, you can go out and worship your God, but leave your little ones behind. And Moses, which is a type of the word and our inspiration tonight, he made that confession. He said, no, we will not go. We will not go until all of us go. We're going all together. I think that's a good expectation to drive down tonight. The older ones aren't going unless our children are going. We're not going in the rapture till we all are ready to go in the rapture. So we need to get on board together. I like that, Brother Vernon. Thank you. Because it reaches back into the heart of the message. That we're not going to leave our children behind and then just go out and worship God and have our experience and leave them back there. No, no, we're not going without them. Oh, but look, you're fine and you're good and you're strong. But no, we got weak ones among us. We got, we got ones we're going to carry out of here. And by the way, we're taking the bones of Joseph. Oh, you bunch of dead bone worshipers. No, he wanted to be raised up in the promised land. So he said, when you leave this place, take my bones. Do you all know on Easter morning when Jesus rose up, Joseph was walking around? Who knows that? And he wasn't way in Egypt. He was walking around there with Abraham and Sarah and Daniel. Come on, friends. God had expectations that they would be there. Joseph had expectations. So now we come on the New Testament side as Brother Branham would preach expectation 15 times at least. 15 times. Expectations. Expectation. Excuse me. And he talked about Simeon in Luke 2. And how he was a, a man that was waiting. He had expectation for the consolation of Israel. I, I've got to see the Messiah. And even in his elder years, and all that had went along in the message, he still had a waiting and an expectation. The Bible says the Holy Ghost was on him. So when Jesus come walking in the room, you remember that Simeon's expectation. It just exploded. And Brother Branham talked about this expectancy. Expectations is expectancy. It means to expect something. You usually get what you expect. If you're going to stay fat in 2019, you're going to gain weight. But if you have that something within you to say, I'm here for a purpose. I want to find that purpose. And don't worry, there's going to be a lot of skinny people that miss the rapture. I'm not talking about health only. I was encouraged by that. 
Believe me, every believer will be healed and have a new body. We get the last laugh at the devil. He's laughing at some of us tonight. We're weak, broken down, maybe don't have it all together. We get the last laugh. Some of you can break a little smile. Amen. We get to wave goodbye to this world. That's going into tribulation. Because a messenger put that expectation in our hearts for a future home. Let me say this, that this year for 2019, God is preparing a future home for us. And some of you in this room are going to be in that place. Hallelujah. That place that was made for you, just with you in mind. God expects you to be there. So I encourage you tonight, as Paul said, lay aside every weight. Lay aside the sin. Lay aside the sliding back and the getting cold and indifferent. Hallelujah. Look through his eyes. To this person will I look. God looks. God has attention. God has needs. That only the bride can meet. Amen. Isn't that a rejoicing statement to say God's prepared a future home? Praise be to God. Don't you worry. In a few minutes, some of the U.S. citizens will get to go greet some of our government employees that haven't been paid for over a month. And you can better believe it. Their attitude and their demeanor. As I spoke to one senior officer the other day, he said the morale, especially of the younger ones, has gotten pretty low. Could you imagine going 33 days without a paycheck? Oh, you say they're going to get it. Well, that's fine. But many people live paycheck to paycheck. I'm glad when we go there we, and they ask us, so what was preached on tonight? Even I hesitate sometimes. We're all getting old. That's going to be in a few minutes. But our expectation is for a land beyond the river. Where a future home calls out to us. Hallelujah. And God expects you to be there. God's expecting you tonight to lay aside your life of sin. To lay aside your youth and give it to Him. If you're a young married couple, there's no greater time to be a young married couple than this day. Brother Branham said it's a golden day. You say, but Brother John, you must not be looking at the economics. I'm not looking at the economics. But we're not looking to the financial system. That's not our pleasure. That's not our first love. Our love is the word. Aren't you thankful God sent a word? Because he knew you would receive it. This is very simple. But it's some of God's expectations. When God moves, he expects you to just move along with him. I like this next part. God's ordained a a certain people to be his bride. To be part of his wife. And you was part of that. So in God's expectations, you have a name card at the marriage supper. And just look at that devil that's afflicting you tonight and saying, and you're not going to stop me. Nothing is going to stop the believer from making it to that place. You marry the wrong person here, 
Brother Branham said, you'll get the right one there. That's a quote of Brother Branham. You don't marry someone here. I'd rather be single than be married to the wrong person. And making hell on earth for the other person. And you get in hell too. Even if you go in part of the rapture. Stop making this life hell for one another. Oh, I didn't mean to say that tonight. We need to stop making hell for one another. We've been called as believers to love one another. Make life easier for somebody else. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. Just cough or sneeze or something. I'm not speaking about counting to ten and, and, and putting a little rubber band around your finger when you when you got a temper. God takes care of tempers. I just heard it to, read it today. Brother Branham said temper breeds temper. He's talking about in your family. And a mother being careful about that. And a father being careful with their children. I think it's a good time of the year to have expectations that I'm not just going to come. Just listen to this. To Coverdale Bible Way and hear great preaching. Like we did over the weekend. And then just go back and keep living the same. I have greater expectations than that. When I hear the word, something aches within your heart to manifest that word. And already Monday, as Brother Branham said, you watch Monday after, and Brother Vernon quoted that, you watch Monday after a move of God. Satan's going to come right around. And I was thinking of it today on Wednesday. Think about what God sowed into our lives, sowed into our assembly Friday night and Sunday. And Satan has already tried to come around and rob you of that. It's time to go right back and say, I'm going to the enemy's camp. And I'm taking back what he stole from me. Hallelujah. As our brother Anthony Frey sings with the little children. I'm going to the enemy's camp. And I'm taking back what he stole from me. I'm taking back what he stole from me. Stop saying, oh, good, thank you, gentlemen, to the devil. He's not a gentleman. He's a raper and a murderer. Do you believe that? Our God deserves worship tonight. He's the only one that deserves our worship. Praise be to God. God made me and I was made for God. Some of you might have heard in the news today of Florida. There was a killing there. A senseless murder of a man going into a bank and killing five people at least. I saw where that was and I texted the pastor that's near there. Brother Danny Steeman. I said, I trust the, the saints are safe and your family. He found out there was a sister that works out of a building just a block away from that, that uh, place that that happened. I want to say God is our protector. God is our protector. Even today, our Lord Jesus is watching after you. Our God is rich in mercy. Go to him tonight and receive a, a deposit. Put in your spiritual bank card and receive it out. I need mercy. I need grace. I need more of your love. God's expecting to just give it to you. How much do you want? Mercy that will cover all my sins. And here you go, Brother Roy. 
Say, I need healing for my wife's. I need healing for her wrist. Then receive it in Jesus' name. I was listening with my wife to a message the other day while we're driving in the car. And Brother Branham said, it was looking to the unseen. And he's praying for the congregation. He said, if any has done wrong, would you forgive them? Would you give mercy and grace to every person? I just said under my heart, amen, Lord. Every person in the congregation, receive the token tonight. Receive the Holy Ghost. Just as a ray of the power of God coming into your vessel. I receive that. For this promise is unto you and to your children. That's like a dad saying, or a mother saying, I have liberty to go. I have liberty to go. But it's like them saying, no. I'm not going without my family. I'm not going without my children. No, I'll stay back here. They need me. Do you remember what Brother Branham said about that? I I thought it was in the message, how can I overcome? So I was looking for that today, Brother Michael, when he was talking about true joy. And how can I overcome? He's talking about Jesus Christ as first. Then your family. Then yourself. I'm speaking about expectations. He said, remember, you're living for God. You have one objective, and that's Jesus Christ. We live in a neurotic, nervous age that wants to make us like we need to respond. Oh my, I have some comments about that here they want us to respond and to, to where we're so divided we don't become strong in anything we just become people that loaf through life and become like going down a stream I have some comments about that let's just hold that thought but in how can I overcome brother Bradham said you have one objective and that's Jesus Christ Can you nail that down tonight? I have one objective in life, and that is Jesus Christ. Maybe the Lord's putting priorities back for some. I was born in the message. But there came a certain time when it it began to click, make sense. The key went in the lock. And all the years of mechanics, the dynamics just took a hold of that. So you're not spinning your wheels. It's not all in vain. You're not wasting your life. The Holy Spirit will bring that expectancy to an end. And my brothers and sisters, it will be good. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here that has served Jesus Christ that will wave your hand and say, that's the greatest decision I've ever made. One objective, one goal. Jesus Christ. He said, outside of that, there's nothing else counts. That's him. Then, secondly, your family. So not everybody else's family. God's going to hold you responsible for your family. Your extended family. And now we're part of a family. But in this quote, he's talking about Joy and putting things in line. Jesus Christ. Your family. 
Then thirdly, yourself. The me age, the I age, the how do I feel? What do I need? Laodiceus put that to number one. Is that true? And all of us are challenged too because we all have needs. But true joy is going to third. Serving Christ. Then your family. Then yourself. And the ministry speaks a lot about this privately. But I'll bring it public. There's no excuse for making other things first. And then yourself not being where you ought to be. Say, well, I gave my all for the church, or I gave my all to the Lord, but now I'm backslidden, or now I have nothing, and now I'm cold. Somewhere along the line, the priorities got moved. We need to go back and examine that. You say, well, I put Jesus Christ first, I put my family next, and then me last. But there's needs in my family, then come back to yourself. And say, where, what can I do, or what can I surrender Don't put yourself back first, 2019, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and no, 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 no. God won't bless it. Jesus Christ, secondly, your family, then thirdly, for yourself. But first, for God, I'm, I'm quoting Brother Branham, next, your family, and next, you. I've witnessed people... Give and give, give money, give time, give effort for a lot of other people. And their own family is broken. Their own personal family is out of place. And yet, many times Satan wants to come inside of a person's psyche, and that's what it is. And make them feel like, oh, if I can help brother so-and-so, or I can give a thousand dollars to missions, or I can do this for this young person then somehow all of this disarray is overlooked. And that's not true. Our families, here's another quote. Our families is what you are. So our church on a Wednesday night is what we are. No matter what the special meetings and visitors come and it's what we are tonight. It's who shows up when they're sick, when they're weary, when they got a test tomorrow. There's, there's many in our church here that have gone through high school, college, and even university that I have had them say to me personally that throughout their whole uh, education, career, they didn't miss a service because of studying for a test. No matter what test it was, no matter how hard it was or the course, they would not sacrifice church to study for a test. Do you know who those people are? There's the spiritual ones that will put the word above the natural things. And do you know what? Here's a big shocker. God will be with you tomorrow. God will be with you Friday. So I'm just getting resting up because I got an early morning tomorrow. That's very good. But we need spiritual times. <coughs> I'm putting Jesus Christ first. Does everybody understand that? Let me just give you those comments that I had in my notes to speak about this. I wanted to say it at the opening. But I want to say as humans and even as believers, people have expectations. But God has expectations. And I want to say this tonight. You will never meet everyone's expectations around you. Never. 
You as a person can never meet what everybody else around you wants you to do. And how they want you to be or to respond at their level. I think it would help all of us tonight to just agree with that or consider that. You're never going to please everyone. I have teachers here listening and they'd like to see some study more and be more diligent. But not at the sake of your spiritual life with Christ. And even in our families and our church community... We need to stop trying to please every person and every request that comes across your life or across your desk or every text you receive, you don't have to respond to. Oh, I don't know if some are going to like this or not, but every call and every email that comes through your life doesn't need to be responded to at that level. We can become so afraid trying to serve You become nothing. And your prayer life is dwindled. Your time alone with God is dwindled. You become so uh, skeptic and on the negative of every person. We need to go back to the prayer closet. Back to the beginning. I'm going back to that quote of Brother Branham. He's preaching that in Texas. Beaumont, Texas. We need to go back to the beginning. Maybe someone needed that tonight. You don't have to respond to everybody's expectations. If that's God's will, God has a way of bringing that to pass. And it don't all rest on your shoulders. And if it does, he'll give you the strength and the wisdom to bear that. You say, I'm I'm sure crushing under the load. I'm breaking. Ask him for strength. I started out with our young people at BCA this year. And and when we prayed with the Seattle group a couple weeks ago, there was something on our heart to pray with them. We've prayed with some of you personally about this. And that is that this year, that God would give us and one another a greater love for him, greater love for his word. You know, many times it's just more of a love and a passion for God that the person needs and it's not all these other things that might seem so urgent and 911 it's really just Jesus how's your walk with God and how's your expectation I tell you what friends we can be pleasing a lot of people around us but if we're not pleasing the Lord you're not going to be happy I could be making brother Tom happy brother Tim brother Bisco brother Vernon had a wonderful time with brother Vernon and his wife brother Ernie the deacons the trustees my everyone could just think you're a wonderful sister, wonderful brother. Look, and God is not, he's not satisfied. He, he gets the last leftovers. He gets the, he gets the remains. You're so busy serving and doing. God help all of us. Start with me, Jesus. Stop trying to please every person's needs and burdens in the world. It'll only drive you crazy, and it's not possible. You say, well, what would happen if I died tonight? Well, the Lord's work would just continue right on. What would happen to this family if I died tonight? Well, if there's believers in the family, they would probably say the scripture, blessed in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, and 
They would remember all the good times and the moments or years that God gave you to them as a gift. But now God chose to take you home. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So stop crying and worrying about you. Not all the arrows point back to you. It should point back to Jesus. Back to others. Jesus, others, and you. That's joy. Is that okay tonight? Stay focused on important things this year. Oh, that was good. But let me go to the other side. Some of you, you need to move it into another gear of your service to the Lord. In the book of Revelation, Brother Branham read this in the church age book. I know your service. And Brother Jesus said, Brother Branham stops and says, Jesus said he's greatest of all is the servant to all. He said a wise man commented on that saying. And here's what he said. Only history will prove the truth of that. He that is the greatest of all is the servant. And Brother Bradham said that man was right. All the truly great men of history have been servants. Then Lord make us servants. Make our church more servants. All those that were minded and willing. It goes back to this. Then Lord put the willingness back in the church. Put the willingness back in that heart. Put the love that's been broken. Do you remember that bowl? Can be broken. And you can pour all kinds of oil in that bowl. It's just going to make a mess. But if God can take that bowl and those cracks by his divine love and mend that and pour oil back in, it can be used for the glory of God. But a person that's cracked and broken, it's not good. They're out of their place. But as a body, we're walking, haltering, haltering. God's expectation is to heal the body. If they're a God's seed, if that's part of the God's body, what can we do? What can we say? I want to be a servant. He said all truly great men of history have been servants. Now watch this. Those who demanded to be served, they who oppressed, they who sought to always be at the head, have gone down in shame. Do we know of those today? Whether presidents, prime ministers, they want popularity, they're willing to sacrifice their whole salary. They don't need a salary. It's position. All of those people, dictators, we could talk about Venezuela, we could talk about any other country. The overlord, the people, it's not of God. It will go down in shame. I'm glad like David, our expectation is of the Lord. Our expectation is of the Lord. It's not of the prime minister, Canada, or the president, or the voted in politicians. Our expectation is of the Lord. I mean, what do you expect out of someone that's not born again? That's where it's going. That's where it's headed. Their laws are going to be to condone immorality. But we're on another highway. We're on another way. God, shake our minds. Don't let us be so under the expectation of school, career, jobs. It can get to where even our conversations where 
We kind of rate one another with how much money do you make or what's your, you know, how are you doing financially? That's not spiritual. Most of God's people are poor. So their expectation has got to be, Lord, I want to fulfill your purpose. And not just the million dollars or the six figures. It's let me find my purpose. Brother Branham makes this statement. Even the very rich are condemned by God when they've not used their wealth right. Look into history and you will find that the truly great are those who have served others. History can never acclaim those for whom much was done, but it will forever praise those who did much for others. I want to be, I want to spend and be spent for Christ, for Jesus Christ. And let me say this. If you are truly serving Jesus Christ, when those that you are serving do not receive it as the same, you're just going to continue to go on and serve Christ. You don't need to get hurt and misunderstood and it just breaks you from serving. I'm going to stop serving. Then somewhere along the line, somewhere down there, somewhere in the middle of all of it, I'll use Brother Bradham's word, something's not right somewhere. Then Lord, put Jesus back at the top. Do you know putting Jesus at the top might mean saying no to someone or to a certain need? You don't have enough strength. You don't have enough finances to fulfill all the needs. God's just going to have to give grace and help. And he gives help in the time of need. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's another person. Sometimes someone's sick and you need to step into a role. And shine and serve. And when they get strong, you need to have enough Jesus about you to step back into your role. And might be lower. And say, praise God. I feel comfortable. In serving God in my place. Does everybody understand? Joy is serving Jesus, others, and yourself. Brother Branham said, let us apply that to ourselves. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. So we are to follow that example. As he bows himself, oh, just listen to this. He bows himself over the feet of the apostles and washes their tired and dirty feet. Oh, you say... Don't ask me to do that job. Washing tired feet? Dirty feet? You mean I'm the carpet? I'm a doormat at the house of God? Like, Come on, Lord, can't you choose a better place? Apparently not. You're the person. Say, I've done this for the last 20 years and God acknowledges you. By giving you joy and service. Remember, it's not the billions you need tonight. It's more of Jesus we need. And Jesus is just dropping that down in your heart. If you'd open up your purse a little bit, God's dropped that down into your spiritual little pocket there. David. Say, I'm not going to need that quote or that scripture. Well, you just need one to kill the Goliath. And when you're rolling around in your bed at night, just reach down there into that quote or scripture and pull out this one. And another sister's pulling out another one. But I'm glad we got a revelation down there. Satan, your kingdom's coming down. Stand your ground. If someone without the Holy Ghost can do it for 29 years. And his commander 
is selling books somewhere in a bookstore, doesn't even know what's going on. Why do you always got to be on the front page? Or People don't need to know. You can serve the Lord, and on that great day, then everybody will find out what you've done for the Lord. And while we're here on earth, let me just say something. Sometimes we share with one another what we're doing for the Lord, and it challenges the other person. I can do something too. So there's a balance in doing your alms before one another. There's a balance there. Brother Branham said, he bows himself over the feet of the apostles and washes their tired and dirty feet. Coming down to a close. I see him. He said, you don't know now what I'm doing, but you will know hereafter. What are you, what you see me doing, you ought also ought to do. He became a servant in order that God would elevate him to the highest results. Say this year, brother John, I want to come to a certain result. You got to start at a certain level. Be a servant. I don't know why the Lord's dwelling on this, but praise be to God. If you're sitting down, not doing what you should, it's time to get up and serve. If you're doing things and doing things and then things are falling apart and you need to look at that and say, God, I'm not going to sacrifice my family for this over here. You need to go say no. That's the balance. He became a servant that God would elevate him to the highest heights. And one day in the judgment of saints, we're going to hear him say, well done, good and faithful. Can somebody please complete the verse? Well done, thou good and faithful. You've been a servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he said this. It's hard to always be a servant. You know, sometimes we skim over that. But a prophet said it. Sometimes it's hard to be a servant. And it is hard sometimes to be a servant. But I'm glad we're not here to have a pity party about being a servant. He goes right on to say, but those who spend and are spent for others will one day be seated with him in his throne. It will be worth it all then. Hallelujah. We're almost there. We're pressing against the tape. The finish line tape. We're there. We've arrived. Don't let the clowning moments of your life. Oh, my. Be something other than what God's called us you to be and I to be. Psalm 62 says, my soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. Oh, let us be like Simeon that come right in there that had the right of motive, had the right objective. And Brother Branham said, if it's the will of God and your objective is right and your motive is right, it's got to happen. There's just no way to keep it from happening. We expect the devil this year to keep fighting us. Does the church agree? We expect him to give us sickness, headache, and heartache. Those are some expectations. We expect more tests. We expect the going to get rougher. That's our expectations. But our expectation is not of Satan's negative. Our expectation is of God. I wrote this in my notes. I'll say it right now to some as we're closing. I'm expecting victories ahead this year. God sees into your future and sees victory. 
If you're sick, you shall recover. If you're going through hard times, yes, going through hard times. Going through hard times means we are going through. Say, what are you looking at tonight? I'm going through hard times. And when you're on the mountain, God gives you a vision. There's victory ahead. There's joy ahead. I see the family restored. I see the goodness of God following me all the days of my life. I see mercy. I see the fruits of grace. God sent a prophet. He knew you would receive him. I I rejoice in that tonight. Just today, there was someone that used to attend our church, has left the message. God healed them of cancer. They stood right here. God delivered them from cancer. And I just read their their words today spread to the world on the internet about Brother Branham and all of these things. That's not the testimony I want. God did this, God did that, God did this, and then all of a sudden, boom, at the end, come against God's prophet. I just want to keep going on with God. As that Brother Dave Chabernoff said, we just want to keep going on with God. God sent a prophet, and not everyone will receive him. That doesn't have to shake you. You don't even have to consider their unbelief. You're just shocked that someone could be under delusion. When there's other good people that have been taken by cancer and gone to their reward. And others have been healed and gone on to denounce the message. I say it would have been better for them to have gone then. Amen. God sent a prophet. But he knew you would receive it. God expected you to receive it. So that's why he puts you up on this end. He could take his prophet away because he knew you wouldn't be following personality and just lining up in Jeffersonville and flying to Louisville and taking a taxi or renting a car and standing in a line. No, 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 no. God knew there would be a people on the earth that would be looking to Jesus Christ. You know, some people are going to make it out of this cesspool. And you're one of those. That's our expectation. You say, by the grace of God, that's my expectation. Let's look at it from the other side. God's expecting you to make it. God sees the immorality, the darkness. He expects you to stand above your family. He expects you to stand above your co-workers. He expects us to rise to the surface in 2019 in our home church. He expects you to rise. Some churches in the message will weather many storms. You're in one of them. Wow, I got about 10% of you. There's churches in the message that will weather a lot of storms. You're in one. That when the roll is called up yonder, there's going to be people in this church that weather the storm. Hallelujah. Wasn't it good to have Brother Victor close in prayer Sunday night? Just hobble up here and come up here and... I don't know if they knew that he was in that condition, but God knew whether we can run or whether they push us up on a wheelchair. Serve God. God's word is going to be victorious in people's lives. You are his victory. 
You might as well just wave that in your heart. I'm serving Christ. I have decided. God has already checked that mark in my box. And there's no turning back. He didn't even ask you to check the box. He just checked it for you. And you look down over and you said, oh, that's checked. That's checked. Your destination, your future's clear. Check. He sent his word and healed the people. So we're healed. Say, but I haven't seen the effects of it. Well, are you believing? Are you going to be disbelieving? Make believing? No, we're believing. Brother Mike Gagne will die believing. Praise be to God. Some of these things might sound little to you. But I'll say Satan is attacking the family unit. Greater than ever before. Marriages, relationships. He's tearing away at it. It's time for you to stand. And be the person in that situation that will be Jesus. Brother Branham said, so first, find the will of God if it's God's will. And then what's your objective in doing it? If it's selfish, you'll never get it done. That's all. It's got to be real clean and clear before God or it just won't happen. You've got to always keep that on your mind that it's got to be clean and clear. Your cups must be clean and clear before God or God cannot work with you. Wow, isn't that amazing? There are people that you felt was more suited to serve the Lord than you. And somehow as time has gone on, we see what they've done with their service to the Lord. And somehow you just keep serving in your, you'd say, lowly state. Yeah, before we have the musicians come, you know, I'll just say this to one another. As we go along, we're going to appreciate those around us that have stayed faithful. We might not be the best and the fastest. We might not be able to preach the best and put it all together. But we're going to be faithful. There might be, <coughs> excuse me, there might be people that can run faster, can do better, and are better off. That's not your allotment. God's given you a certain talent. Serve Him well. You're not just serving us, you're serving Him. And if you're serving Him, those around you that are spiritual will catch on. And even if they don't, If you never see it in this life, if you've served the Lord, there's a peace in your heart about it. Everything's going to be okay. I'm serving Jesus. We say that on this one side, not being arrogant and proudful, but I'm willing to change. We can do better. God can flow through us better this year. Let's stand. God bless you. He's a miracle-working God. We haven't sang that song for a long time. He's a miracle-working God. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's a miracle-working God. Do we remember that song? My, my, I'm going to need some help. Brother Derek, amen. He's a miracle-working God. We won't even start before he comes. I'll be in the cellar somewhere singing that. Okay, Brother Derek.
somebody and sing this song. He's a miracle working God. Let's sing. He's a miracle Why would we take some radical, cold, formal, indifferent when the Pentecostal skies are full of the genuine article? Why take a substitute? Lord, let's go back to the beginning and receive it like they did at the beginning and have some same works and signs and wonders that bears the same fruit. Love, joy, peace, Long-suffering. Who'd like to see more of that in our lives and around us? Goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience. He said, God grant it. I say, God grant it. Hear us, Father, for we commit this little church and this revival to you in your hands in the name of Jesus. I've got to close with this. I, I read this today and I thought of some. How they so need this. He was talking about Mary and Elizabeth grabbing one another. He said, look at them patting one another, hugging one another, kissing each other. So happy to meet each other. What a friendship. I'm speaking about a friendship. I can see them when they finally leave each other's embrace, holding each other's hands and talking. Well, that's a real odd word, isn't it? Today it's texting. Or emailing. There's not a lot of talking. They were embracing. Oh, you say, that's because they're that back in that day. No, it's something today could, could be brushed off. Hugging one another. Embracing one another. Just can hardly be without you. Oh, and I can hear Elizabeth say, Mary, I haven't seen you for so many years. I could, I could, I could still know them pretty eyes of your mother. And... Oh, you're such a pretty girl. How are you getting along? Oh, just fine, she said. I'm feeling wonderful. She said, I was so happy to hear the news that you're going to be mother. Oh, she said, that's right. I'm so happy too. She said, Mary, Mary said, but you know, but I'm to be mother too. Oh, you and Joseph have been married. No, I'm not even married at all. And I'm to be mother. Can you imagine Elizabeth's her mind's just turning? He said, I don't understand this, Elizabeth said, but my baby is six months past and it's never had life yet and I've been a little worried. Now a teenager's talking to a middle-aged sister. She's worried and the teenager's saying, I'm going to have a child too. And no, we're not married. They're just, they're just in a relationship, a friendship. Mary said, oh, don't worry. 
because the angel of God appeared to me down on the road and told me about this. I don't know any man, but yet the Holy Ghost has overshadowed me and I'm going to bring forth a child, he said. And I'm going to call his name Jesus. He'll be the Son of God. And as soon as she said Jesus, little John come to life and begin to leap and jump for joy just as hard as he could. Hallelujah! My, if a little baby could receive life in a womb somewhere, it's dark down there. What about a believers that when they hear the name of Jesus, started jumping and leaping and Elizabeth, her face lighted up. She said, when did the mother of my Lord come to see me? And for as soon as his name was spoken, my ears, my baby leaped in the womb for joy. May the Holy Ghost leap in your womb tonight. God's expecting. He's expecting. You're expecting. When you hear that come across your heart, it just causes a joy. We can do. Yes. Be Elizabeth. Rise up and say, oh, Jesus has visited us. Our dear Heavenly Father. We prayed for the sir before the service for every person here. We went right up and down through all of the ministers and their wives and families, the deacons, trustees, sound brothers, those on the streaming, the internet. We even remembered the musicians, song leaders, those in the nursery, some of our little babies, our little children, grandchildren, older ones. Satan is trying to afflict them, cause troubles in their bodies even in their spirits trying to cause the spirit of this age of neurotic to cause even good believers to get imbalanced we pray for them tonight we pray for one another we pray for the Holy Ghost that there would be healing in the matter that in every family every individual every person as we look towards you Jesus that there would be a great restoration, healing, and maturing within our church this year. As we've heard throughout this month already, many of the ministers giving us sound words, sound counsel, masterpieces that we can build throughout the year. We can grow on these things. I pray you would strengthen each heart and strengthen each life. Even Friday night as the deacons have announced the prayer meeting. I pray those that gather and those within our church that there's many needs that you would answer the prayers of your people. Bless the congregation as we go out tonight and those that have streamed or will stream. May the presence of God minister to them. Go with us now, Lord. We thank you. We give you glory. You are our joy. Your word is our peace. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Oh, he's a miracle Dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.